Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. People, Pats Nation, talk about being disgruntled. Imagine being the guy who comes out yesterday and talks a little bit of smack, not only about Bill Belichick, but the Patriots way. Only to come out today, sort of apologize, and then drop the hammer again like he's relevant? Well, that's what my boy Danny Amendola did. Dola, Connor. Mr. Playoff Danny Amendola. You know, all I keep hearing is these interviews to Danny about from Danny Amendola, a guy not in the playoffs, talking about the New England Patriots, a team not in the playoffs, not talking about the teams that are in the Super Bowl. But we'll got to talk about that. And Ayo, all you Mac Jones fans out there, it's starting to sound like Mac wants to be a Patriot. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ray. I'm with my boy, Connor. Our girl, Sarah, is not with us all week. I got a text from her today saying she's going to be sad not being on the podcast. We said we'd miss her. We'll try to do our best. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast. And we are back. What's going on, Connor? What's going on, man? Another day of Amendola talking smack, huh? Can you do me a favor? Yes. No matter what happens between you and I, yes. no matter, you know, even if we have the roughest of breakups, right? Please never call me an angry little elf. I will never go around from radio show to radio show saying that type of things. So you won't call me, you won't say, Matt Light, give it up to Matt. You know, I think Matt Light deserves a hand, Connor. <laughs> I'm, look, so let's not, before we even get into what, to what Amendola talked about today, let's go back to yesterday, right? Yeah. Tom Brady is the Patriots way. Obvious shot. We talked about it, sour grapes, right? Right. Well, obviously, you know, that's taking a shot at Bill Belichick. I was waiting for... One of the guys from those early 2000 teams, guys who take pride in being a part of the group that helped establish the culture that is the Patriots way. See, because the Patriots way isn't on the field. The reminiscence of the Patriots way is displayed on the field. And don't get me wrong. Huge part of that is Tom Brady. Yeah. And it was funny because yesterday we named Brewski, McGinnis, Harris, Right, uh, Seymour, Law, Wilfork. We went through all those names. One name I had in the back of my head was Matt Light. Because I remember a couple of years ago, no, last season, when they were talking about the boogeyman and all that, Matt Light came out and talked about how he was one of the people who helped establish the Patriots way, that group, and they would never walk around talking about the boogeyman. Right. He came out today and said that Danny Amendola sounds like an angry little elf, which I just absolutely positively loved. 
Um, but he also got a little bit controversial. So before we even get to what Amy Dola said, they asked him, they said, Hey, you got to start your rookie career. Do you start with Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Matt Light said Bill Belichick. Wow. Touche. I did not know he said that. He did. He said wow. he would go with Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, so obviously he's team Bill because Amendola has now started the team Bill versus team Belichick. But I don't even want to focus on that. See, what I'm loving about this whole story is, is no matter where you sit on the Brady versus Belichick debate, whether you are team Brady, team Bill, team neutral like us, nobody seems to be letting Amendola get away with this. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I want to I want to hear from more people though. I feel like uh nobody else has said that much. Like what do you mean like like old patriots? Yeah. Maybe they're just ignoring them and they don't really care because they don't really think that much of them. I don't think it's uh I don't think it's that. Isn't the Patriots way not saying anything? That's true too, yeah. I can just see you're full of crack analysis tonight and that you're going to carry this show with conversation <laughs> Oh, it's one of those. It's gonna be one of those nights, people. That's it's right. Be, it's gonna be one of those nights. You tired? I was out cleaning cars all day today. Yeah, you're acting like you're tired. Big you're snow, acting big snowstorm. You're, you're acting like you don't know you're on a podcast right now. <laughs> I gotta get my second wind here. So Amendola said I had to negotiate my contract and take pay cuts to help him put rings on his fingers, and it kind of wore me the wrong way. I've been seeing people on Twitter say he should have hired an agent. I think he had an agent, didn't he? No, apparently he negotiated he, it all himself. He did them all himself. It, he had an agent when he did his most recent contract with the Lions when I looked it up, but I couldn't go back and see if he had one when he negotiated his contracts with uh, Belichick. But, I mean, if he didn't take a pay cut, Bill probably would have cut him, and then he could have gone somewhere else. So he chose to stay, and who knows? There, was, there wasn't going to be a lot of – uh a lot of demand for him. He didn't stay healthy one entire season, his entire career, never mind just with the Patriots. He probably averaged six games a season with the Pats. Uh, I know that his his snap total, I was watch I was they were showing it today, was like forty percent, thirty-one percent throughout the career. So it's not like he was even like playing. He wasn't even playing fifty percent of the snaps for the team. Right. Uh Amendola for the Patriots played twelve games his first year. Mm-hmm. Sixteen his second year. Oh, he did play a full season. Okay. 14 in 2015, 12 in 2016, 15 in 2017. But he only played one 16-game season. Okay. It's, he, he played a lot more than I thought he did then. I thought he was playing like six games, eight games. He hasn't, though, played a 16-game season since that 2014 season. Played 15 for Miami, 15 for Detroit, 14 for Detroit. Okay. So he's almost like a Gronkowski. You know he's good for at least one game a year. Right. Been in the league since 2009, so 11-year career. Yep. Two seasons of 16 games. Okay. 14 in 2009, 16 in 2010, one game in 2011. Yep. 11 games in 2012. So the Patriots signed him after he played 12 games out of a possible 32. Right. Because he played 12 games in two years, and the Patriots gave him a contract, and he won a, won a, won a couple of Super Bowls with them. Yes, they gave him a pretty good contract out the gate, too, if I remember correctly. There is no former Patriot that has hit my shit list. Like, he's in Rex Ryan territory, to be honest with you, from, <laughs> from a shit list perspective. Um, 
I just, I'm sorry. I just sit like my, this is my thing. Okay. Maybe, maybe this is wrong, Connor. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have this thought process, but to me, I'm just like, who the hell is Danny Amendola? Yeah. Yep. No, I know he, he played a couple very good games in the playoffs. Obviously he was pretty good then, but I don't remember him doing all that much during the regular season. Um, he had a decent career only because of those playoff games with the Patriots. Outside of that, I mean, I don't think we would really even remember him. No, I mean, it, it was playoffs, right? Yeah, and- he, he had a couple really good clutch playoff games, some clutch catches for sure. So I'll give that to him there, absolutely. But in the regular season, I thought he he was out there for like six, six seven games half the time. Maybe I, I was obviously mistaken there, but maybe it was just because he didn't do all that much anyways. Amendola's stats with the Patriots in 2013. He yeah, got, let's hear this. He caught 54 balls for 633 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, it's okay. 2014, when he played his full 16-game season. Yep. 27 catches for 200 yards, one touchdown. What? Oh, my. 20- so he wasn't even out there, even though he was out there. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. That's That's like 15 yards a game. 2013 is when Julian Edelman kind of showed up as a receiver. 2014 was when he like started dominating. Yeah. His second year, he played 14 games, made 65 catches for 648. Yep, that's pretty solid. 2016 played 12 games, 23 catches for 243 yards. 2017, 61 catches, 659 yards. I'm going to put an asterisk on that because that's the season that Edelman was out. Yep. Okay. And then 2018, he played for the Miami Dolphins and the Patriots won the Super Bowl without Danny Amendola, which I'm shocked. Like, I'm really, really shocked that it happened because he took pay cuts. He had to, Connor. He had to, to put the rings on the fingers. (laughs) To put rings on Belichick's fingers. It had nothing to do with Tom Brady. Yeah. It had nothing to do with Malcolm Butler. It had nothing to do with Hightower and Edelman, LeGarrette Blunt. Danny Amendola. funny, man. It's was funny the one who, who he thinks he is. Six Super Bowls. Danny Amendola was a part of two. The year that he called Bill an asshole and went to Miami and was bragging about FaceTiming with Adam Gase's children. True story. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> True story. Look it up. If you don't believe me, look it up. Brag about. He sat in the car in this interview and said, uh, it's so much nicer playing. I got a better, you know, relationship with Coach Gase. And, uh, you know, I was FaceTiming with him and his children the other day. And I'm like. Adam Gase is a perennial loser. Oh, well, but yeah. I mean, then you're bragging about how great of a coach Adam Gase is. He's lost yes. two jobs in three years. Yes. And for good reason. Um, anyways, he, he got cut from Miami the next season. Then he went to Detroit. Yes. Right? Yep. Now, Amendola did try to come out today and say that something along the lines of, you know, I respect Bill as a coach. It's just because we had to do business, you know, and, and Bill taught me we got to take care of ourselves. And it was fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. do business. But the fact that he's coming up and be like, I had to take a pay cut. You didn't have to take a pay cut. You really didn't. You could have said it's, it's it's almost the opposite. He chose to take a pay cut so he could put a ring on his finger is kind of how I look at it more. You know what I mean? And whether he did it to play with Brady or Belichick is irrelevant right now. Right, right. Like, okay, you could have, you didn't have to take a pay cut. You could have said, cut me, Bill. I'm not going to yep. take a pay cut. Pay me what my contract says or cut me and I'll go play somewhere else. And of course, everybody in the world right now 
everybody in the world right now is kind of knocking Amendola. Everybody in the world's kind of looking and going like, you sound yeah. like a whiny little, you know, punk ass right now. Right. Except Doug Kite. Yeah. <laughs> Your boy. Of course, Doug. Your boy. My boy. Of course, Doug can flip this around and, and take Amendola's side. Like, why, why wouldn't he, right? Um, and I, you know what, I haven't really looked at what the rest of the Boston media is saying, but a part of me now believes that they're, they're probably in the, in the same boat. No, ah, uh, it probably depends on who it is. Dan, Dan, Don Shaughnessy, Dan Shaughnessy, whatever the guy from the globe's name is. I'm sure he's saying something like that. I'm sure. He's saying if they, if they paid Amendola the money, they would have won nine Super Bowls. Here's, here's Doug Kide. I think uh, I sometimes get confused by the lack of loyalty to players in New England. Amendola helped the Patriots a lot. He's entitled to his opinion in how he was used or what situations he was placed in. And I'm like, this is you just trying to drive a wedge for zero reason. Well, I mean, the the thing is, I, I don't understand the whole like loyalty thing because that's how the Patriots have won all these is that they've walked away from players when it was time to walk away from them. I'll, I'll always like Wes Welker, man. He played phenomenal for the Patriots for a bunch of seasons, but Bill was completely right. He walked away from Wes Welker, went with Julian Edelman. Wes Welker didn't do much after that, and he went and got paid by the Broncos. I mean, there were a bunch of situations like that where he's traded people before they kind of declined or he refused to sign people. It's just business, and most of the time he's been right. No, he has. And like I guess I'm just – I'm getting enraged here as I read Doug Kide. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, basically in this tweet, and he goes, this doesn't mean that BB was intentionally hurting DA's value by limiting his snaps. It's a byproduct of BB's decisions. DA's limited snaps were a coach's decision that limited him with his earning a full contract or leaving to make similar money elsewhere. So basically uh, he's like, no. no. So basically what he's saying, this is what, Here's exactly That's, what Kite said. Is, yeah, this is incorrect because he Miami and uh, Detroit, it's not like he did better. It's not like there was a huge difference. He, his snap counts might have went up, but his stats are exactly the Everything same. The his same. catches are exactly the same. That's exactly what I'm getting for. And he went, you know, it, so I'm sitting there going like, what do you, so here's exactly what he said. He said, I can understand DA's frustration that the head coach who decided to pay him less was the same person as the GM than asking him to take a pay cut. And I think it's unfair for people to see that, say that DA didn't need to take a pay cut when factors out of his control were hurting his value. That doesn't mean that BB was intentionally hurting DA's value by limiting his snaps. It's a byproduct of BB's decisions. DA's limited snaps were a coach's decision that limited his earning and full contract or leaving to similar money somewhere else. This is what this is, Doug. This is Patriots fans for the first time in probably two fucking years actually on the same page saying you sound like a crybaby right now Amendola you took pay cuts so you could win two Super Bowls that's what increased your value okay you got more snaps your stats are exactly the same as they were in years past and you know what you weren't good enough on the Patriots system to be more than 40, 31%. This is Doug Kide who claims to be a reporter, just being an asshole for the sake of being an asshole, right? How can you claim to be a reporter and never report anything? 
This is what I don't understand. When I called him out, he goes, I'm not a fan. I'm a reporter. He reports nothing. He just sits <laughs> there and spews bullshit all day. All yeah. day, Doug Kite sits there and spews bullshit and claims to be a reporter. This, this, that was, that was a uh, fan's comment by him, man. I, I, Amendola hasn't gone on and done anything else. He hasn't proven that he was worth way more money and that he took a pay cut because of that. He took a pay cut because he wanted to stay with the Patriots, whether it was the Patriots, Belichick, Brady, whatever it was. He stayed because he wanted to win. He could have left. He could have tried to get more money, whatever. Even when he did leave, he hasn't really gotten paid that much more money. And it, that's because he didn't play that much for the Patriots, even though his stats are the exact same. I don't know, man. And wh why he's talking about this loyalty. Why do I have to be loyal to Danny Amendola? Why do I have to be loyal to Danny Amendola? First, it was Tom Brady's the reason that the Patriots were everything. But now I have to be loyal to Danny Amendola. You know, like. That's going to make it a very long list if we have to go down this list of every single person. So now we have to root for Danny Amendola. Now I got to become a Lions fan. We got we got to start rooting for a lot of people. Shit, you better be Tim Tebow was on the team for for <laughs> for an off season. You better I'm gonna have start to start rooting for the Rumble Ponies. Are you, yeah, is that who he plays for the Rumble Ponies? I, I, something like that. Is yeah. that the, the some, some some funny name? Yeah. Well, you know what? I guess I got to cheer for... No, maybe I can't cheer for Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks was asked today if it's hard to play in New England, and he said, no, not at all. It's one of my favorite places I've ever played. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, now I got to root for the Texans. No, but do we have to show loyalty then because he didn't trash anybody? Ah, uh, now, I, now I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm confused. Who do, we show, who do we have to show the loyalty to? Who do we not? By the way, I should point out to everybody I'm cheering for Brady this weekend. Just so you're all aware, I'm cheering me for Brady too. this weekend. This wasn't even me taking a shot at Tom Brady saying, who do I have to be loyal to? But this is a whole thing of a guy like Doug Kide will say, well, we got our answer who was completely responsible for the dynasty pointing to Tom Brady. And then he looks at a scrub and that's what Danny Amendola is, a scrub and says, I owe you have to be loyal to him, right? Yeah. Where's the loyalty to Matt Light right now that called out Amendola? Matt Light was a huge part of three Matt Super Light was Bowls. Matt man, yeah, 100%. Doug, three Super Bowls. Again, you're just being an asshole. Fuck, he's got me fired up, Connor. Like, I am <laughs> fired right up right now. <sighs> Good. We got we to gotta get some energy into the show here, right? God, let's go. <laughs> you know what? We'll go to some comments in a second here. Ladies and gentlemen, I need to take a breath. So let's hear here from our go. sponsors over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard, and skin. Get their small batch, all-natural beard bombs and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades, and so much more. Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company and use the promo code RAYROUTE and save 5% off all your orders. Get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. And we're also brought to you by Manscaped.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from Manscaped.com. And use the promo code RAYROUTE and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at Manscaped.com. Oh, let's go to some Sir. comments, Connor. All righty. We have the comments uh, coming in fast and furious, but I did see a uh, donation from Ross. I want to make sure we get up to it. Shout out to Ross. Here we go, sir. Did you see Harrison and Curran trash interview? Um, I, I didn't, didn't see it, but I just saw a tweet right before I came on where uh, I think Rodney Harrison said that Cam Newton should retire, is I think what he said. Really? 
I'm pretty sure that's what I, this was a tweet right before we came on when I was on Twitter. I thought that's what it said. All right. I'm trying to find it as we go here. Uh, so somebody wrote here, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in all the sports. I grew up in Chicago. I saw six chair. Oh, he's talking about Tom Brady. Um, oh, our tweet is, uh, from yesterday is one of the top tweets. Nice. Good for us. I, I don't go see us. it. No. Uh, hold on. Rodney Harrison joins the Patriots, uh, the Patriots talk podcast with Tom Kern to discuss how Bill Belichick should handle this offseason and more. I have to hear it. I didn't, I didn't hear, hear it. Yeah, I, so. I, I didn't hear it. I thought that's what I saw. Maybe I'm even making that part up. So I have not listened to it. So I'll tell you what. Um, oh, here's what he said. He said, I got it right here. NBC Sports Boston. Cam Newton just can't play in the National Football League. Yep. He said he should. Yeah, I thought that's what I saw. As him said, he should retire. Well, I mean, paraphrasing. Things uh, things didn't go well this year for Cam Newton. No, and we have said. I'm not saying that Cam Newton can't play in the NFL. Um, see, I don't like fighting with Rodney Harrison. No, oh, me so neither. I got to tread carefully. Rodney Harrison's one of my favorite players of all time. I love the way he played. Ultimate Patriot. So happy yep. that we got him. Uh, sad that we had to lose lawyer Malloy for Rodney Harrison, but so happy that we got him. Um, I'm not, I'm, I, I've, Tyson said this to us about three weeks ago, and it's been kind of stuck in my head yep. ever since it happened. He said, even if we had all the weapons in the world, they can't catch the ball when Cam Newton's skipping the ball across the field. Right. Right. I, I saw that. I've seen those tweets and stuff too, which is and, true. And if that's what maybe Harrison was looking at, I, I consider Rodney Harrison much smarter than me. I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I consider, I consider most people smarter than me. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I consider most people smarter than me as well. I'm, I'm not the smartest of football people or the more smartest person in the world. Um, I have a degree and all, but you know, I can just study hard. I should have a really important job where I have to be smart. I'm not the smartest <laughs> football person. Though. If my company saw me talk, I probably, they'd be like, what the, this is our, this is our guy. <laughs> you know, this is the one we're invested in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that's rough. I want to hear all of it. We're, we're, I, I'm only seeing little quotes, so I want to see all of it before I make a comment. Maybe we'll make that a topic of tomorrow's conversation. Too bad Sarah's not yeah. here. This is one Sarah, I think really would have sunk her teeth into. Right. I got to go back and listen to it. Right, I got one here. A lot of people talking about Amendola in the chat, obviously. Uh, Dominic says here, I agree. Amendola is at best a system player and plays okay, even big in select spots. He did play big in some of those games. Um, I think it was the Jacksonville Jaguars AFC Championship in 2016. He came up really big. Uh, 2014, he played well in the Super Bowl and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't him and they had somebody else out there, I, I can't disagree. You know, they, they might have been able to do it with with whoever was, was out there as well. I'm going to say that until the last season of Chris Hogan, Amendola and Chris Hogan weren't much better than each other. Right. They were both complimentary. They were complimentary pieces. And look, Dominic and us, we hardly ever agree with Dominic. Like, we hardly right. ever agree with each other. So it's great that we're on the same page. Um, this is to show you. Now, there might be some people, but... I haven't I haven't seen anyone really say, saying anything good about uh, Amendola. No, yeah. because all of us are sitting here like, you were a role guy. Yeah. That was like... like was, that's, to, a, that's a good point for it, a role guy. 
I'm going to be honest with you right now. And, and people might blow up at me for this. And if you do, I apologize about the comparison. But to me, like Danny Amendola out here talking smack is almost equivalent, not quite, but almost equivalent to when Cassius Marsh left the Patriots and was running his mouth. Like when we talk about the top 25 Patriots of all time from the Belichick Brady era. Yeah. I don't know. No, he doesn't make the list. He can't because who do you, who do you put him ahead of? No. On no. the list, Brewski's there. Well, first of all, Brady, right? Brady, Brady, Brady. has obviously number one. Um, Brewski, Brewski, McGinnis. I'm not yeah. rank- ranking Rich- them. I'm just yeah. We can just say whoever: Rodney Harrison, McGinnis. Richard Seymour, Ty Law. These are Lawyer going Malloy. All the way, Lawyer Malloy. Or these are going all the way back. Matt Light, Adam Vinatieri. Um, this is it. This is from like, I'm gonna the original put, dynasty. I'm, I'm going to put Stephen Gostowski there because Stephen up until Gostowski. those last couple of seasons, he's one of the most k- clutch kicker in the league. So that's ten. I mean, Troy Brown. Would you put Randy Moss? Randy gotta, Moss. Gotta, right? I mean, yeah, you got to put Randy Moss. You got to put Wes Welker. I you know gotta, I never Wes won a Super Bowl. Wel- Wes Welker was phenomenal for Julian so many Edelman. years. I loved Wes Welker. Julian Edelman, hands down, of course. Rob Gronkowski. Um, so we're at 20 now. We're at 20. We're, yeah, and we're, we're at probably, 20, and I haven't even really got into it. No, and we haven't even mentioned Edelman. Logan Mankins. I mean, people were we, we you wouldn't even think of. Dante Hightower. Dante Hightower. Yeah, of course. Of um, course. Vince I, I, Wilfork. I mean, well, that's Vince, a no, no-brainer. It's a Big no-brainer. Vinny. Stephon Gilmore has to be Stephon there. Stephon Gilmore, of course. Devin like, McCourty. Like, well, <laughs> Devin McCourty. What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, Devin right? McCourty has to be. So, like, let's stop there because we're at 26 now. I can and, go to 50 with no and, problem. And some of those guys have to be bumped off the list. Yeah. That don't deserve to be in the top 25. Ben Watson has to be there. Not Ben, ben Watson, Watson from great. last season, for those of you who were born in 2004. <laughs> ben, ben Watson that chased down Champ Bailey. Yes, that Ben Watson. Um, so yeah, to me, it, it's it's he's not even in the top twenty-five. Yeah, I I have a serious diss to uh, Danny Amendola right here from McChicken. Amendola's football talent equals Connor's cooking skills. Oh, <laughs> oh he's man, not dude. that bad. Oh. Come on. Oh, and the what do you have in your Mitchell fridge right here? Roasted. <laughs> what do you have in your fridge right now? Uh, I have some eggs. Um, the same eggs from the last time I asked you? They're probably, yeah, they're probably pretty old. Uh, some bananas, probably some frozen pizza and some Tyson chicken. You that's, put that's about bananas it. in your fridge? Yeah, I do. Don't so they pe- la- so they last. Oh, really? I find that they yeah. go they go rotten faster in the fridge. Oh, really? Then maybe I'm doing it backwards because I put them in the fridge so they don't go rotten. I put them in the fridge when they're really green to ripen quicker. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm doing it all wrong then. That's in Bud Light. That's yeah. That's about it. I don't even have any Bud Light. I need to get some. That's that's <laughs> it. That's all I have. So he's got expired eggs, somebody expired else's chicken, eggs. and a frozen pizza. Yep. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so, so so that's what you're working with, Amendola. <laughs> oh man, let's go to three more comments before we go into our next. righty. we have Noza Oz, Azua. Uh, Cam Newton is not trash. He did better than what people are making it to be. Um, yeah, depending on who who's saying it, yeah. Um, I don't think he did as bad as like some people are making it out to be. I agree with that comment. No, I you know, agree too. I, I thought I he was that... he was whatever. You know what I mean? He had some good games. He had some really bad games. But people were acting like he was the worst person in the world. Cam Newton became the ultimate scapegoat for the Patriots this year. Like the ultimate scapegoat. Yeah. Um, not every pass he threw bounced across the field. Right. Exactly. I, I what I will say to you is is I'm not. 
I'm not as sold on him coming back as I was possibly, I don't know, a month ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? The more I've had to digest the season, I, I'm emotional too when the when when the Patriots are playing. And I also felt like I don't know about you, Connor, but I felt like I was put in a position this year because of our platform to become almost a Patriots apologist and defender this year. You know what I yeah. mean? And and you and I are 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 pretty we like to look at the positives about the current Patriots team on a regular basis. Um I gotta word that correctly because I just screamed about Danny Amendola and Doug Kide for 20 minutes. But (laughs) And I think that perhaps at times we may have seen things that weren't there for Cam. You know what I mean? But I also think too that I 100% agree he's not useless and and, and he was too quickly uh, the scapegoat this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people just wanted to throw somebody under the bus, which you talked about months ago that Boston loves scapegoats. (laughs) Tyler Watson, big big fan of the show. He's always on here. What up, man? Loyalty of former Pats players should be Brady only, if anything. He won six Super Bowls. No other former Pats player ever did that. Yeah, of course. No one even came close to doing anything like that. Um, I'll definitely be rooting for Brady this Sunday. There are other people who have moved on who I still like and will always consider Patriots legends and, you know, stuff Malcolm just Butler. happens. Mal- yeah, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is a guy right. I will root for good things to happen. I mean, considering the way his tenure ended in New England, mm-hmm. and you consider the way Dion Lewis reacted to leaving New England to Malcolm Butler, who both left at the same time. Dion Lewis again, a- another Danny Amendola, a role guy, right? You know, uh, and actually, for real, D- Lewis's career was probably finished before he came to New England and got a little bit of value, and got cut from from Tennessee after that. And I think he was with what Philly this year or something like that and got, you know, but, um, what I'm getting at is because my, I've lost my track. Like, like Butler left good. And he, he's made one of the biggest plays in, in Patriots history. Uh, you know, I was loyal to Seymour when he left. Richard right? Seymour. Yeah. I also think when I take my real emotional side out of it, and I think with my head, there should be a little bit of loyalty to Gronkowski as well. Yeah, Gronk played a ton of great seasons, man. He got his body beat to crap for the Patriots and for the Super Bowls, and I, I'll always love Gronkowski for that. There's probably only one current player where if he left the Patriots, I'd be rooting for him. It's That's my boy Hightower. Hightower, yeah. But I hope that he's like Brewski and he just finishes his career here. Hopefully. And Belichick seems to treat him like a brewski, so he could very well uh, finish his career here. I hope so. Because I'm so happy because that we need him. Yeah, and I'm so happy that Belichick never cut like walked away from Teddy. He just went. I want to read this to you though, because I haven't really been on Twitter too much today. Besides, um, that's a good thing, right? Well, I'm not going to tell you what I did because Sarah and I both run the Dear Pat's Nation Twitter account. I don't want you to know which one is which. I'll tell you what. There's okay. a lot of if there's a lot of emojis. It's not me, guys. Um, <laughs> But this come out. Multiple right. NFL sources indicate that Derek Carr is a hot commodity. Yeah. And it's expected that multiple teams will pursue him via trade. That could lead the Raiders to pursuing Deshaun Watson in a blockbuster trade. Yep. This is Ooh. different. This is different things than we see in the NFL. We usually don't see that many trades. It's trades for picks and stuff like that. But this could open up a whole can of worms now that we just saw this Stafford for golf trade here. Um, I don't know about Derek Carr. I don't, 
I don't know if he's the answer. Um, I'm not totally against it, but he he's just never overly impressed me. I always worry about going after a guy who isn't been historically great. Yeah, that's yeah. Coming off a great year. That's right. always a concern of mine because he did. He had a great year this year. I mean, you got to give Derek Carr credit. He was the 10th ranked quarterback on PFF, just so you know. He throws NFL. for a lot of yards, man. He does. But PFF isn't stats. PFF is analytics. Yep. And he was the 10th ranked quarterback out of all quarterbacks in the NFL. Do uh, you want to hear who the rest yeah. of them are? Yeah. Number one was Aaron Rodgers. Yep, makes sense. Number two was Tom Brady. Yep. Number three was Deshaun Watson. Yep. Number four was Patrick Mahomes. Yep. yep. You're not going to believe this one. Number five was Ryan Tannehill. Really? Number six was Russell Wilson. Yep. Number seven was Josh Allen. Yep. Yep. Number eight was Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. This one kills me. Number nine was Dak Prescott. Oh, but yeah. I guess Poor when he Dak. was playing, he was phenomenal, though. Yep. And was. Derek Carr came in at number 10. That's that makes perfect sense, man. Wow. Because that sounds like the top nine quarterbacks I would have said before you got to Carr. So, yeah, Carr had a really good season. He did. Do you want to know where Cam Newton ranked? 26th. 23rd. Oh, nice. You want to know where Ryan Fitzpatrick ranked? 13th. 19th. Wow. Okay. Tied for 19th with. In, in with Joe Burrow, just below Daniel Jones. But you know who he was ahead of? Drew Tua. Brees and Jared Goff. All right. Yeah, Drew he was Brees way ahead. Drew Brees he, fell off that Max Kellerman cliff, man. Tua was 31. Roethlisberger was 25. Yeah. And those are, all those names make sense to me. It Sam does. Darnold was 35. <laughs> Carson Wentz was 32. Woof. Like, so... Uh, Dwayne Haskins was last at 38. Okay, I was going to say he was about 109th. Nick Mullins ranked higher than him. Yeah, I feel like anybody who, th who th attempted a pass probably ranked higher than him. So Fitzpatrick came out actually today and said that he can't be as picky as Stafford. I don't yeah, know if you saw I that. saw that. I did see that on Twitter. And that he'd be very open to going to the Patriots. Yep. Um, would you be open? We, we've, we've talked about this a lot, but since we're on this this subject. Okay, let me give you... Either ors. Okay. Fitzpatrick or Carr? Uh, Carr. Wow, okay. Yeah. Carr or Newton? Ooh, Carr. Carr wins again. Yeah. Carr or Trubisky? Carr. I'm not that interested in Trubisky. Carr or Jameis Winston? Ooh. Wow, I'm going Carr again. I guess I want Carr. Think about this one hard before you jump right to the answer. Yep. Carr or Garoppolo? I might go with Jimmy G there. I don't know, man. There's something about Jimmy G and him leaving the Patriots and, like, you know, this almost coming, like, full circle. Like, Belichick's going to get what he originally wanted and everything's going to kind of play out in this weird, like, picturesque way where I almost kind of want to see Jimmy G. I can't remember if I covered this yesterday or not, but the Patriots aren't sold on Jimmy G. Really? They are worried about his injuries, and yeah. I am I yeah, am I worried am about his injuries. See, I was right. I was worried about Cam Newton's injuries this season as well. Um but this was a an offshoot year for me 
I know you thought they were going to win 12 games. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. I knew they Wild. weren't going I knew they weren't going to carry off where, with with Jared Stidham. You thought they were going to win twelve games before we yep. even got. By the time Cam Newton came around, it was sixteen and zero, right? Yeah, I but, think they were going to be undefeated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for me, it was an, an offshoot year. Depending on what Belichick does, and the fact that they're saying this is the most aggressive they're going to be in the offseason, telling me that Belichick is making a legitimate run towards. Right competing this year and competing for a Super Bowl and perhaps trying to keep up with Brady. I would rather Derek Carr over Jimmy Garoppolo. At least you know for the most part there's a little bit more stability out of Derek Carr. And could you not just see Derek Carr with the run game behind him just being a game-managing quarterback? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's what they had. They had it with Josh Jacobs. But Derek Carr can also sling the football. That's the thing. He can, and if they can get him a couple of guys to throw the football to. Right. So, like, let's look at his stats over the last few years. Okay. I mean, they're similar to what Newton would have given us. In 20, let's go from 2018 and on. Yep. First of all, he's missed two games in his career. So the durability, yeah, his durability is, is great. Completed 553 passes. That's 68.9% of his passes in 2018 for 4,049 yards. In 2019, he completed 500. Th- oh, sorry, those were attempts. He completed 381. Yeah. He completed 361 of 513, good for 70 percent completion rate. That went for 40,000 or 4,054. This year, where we said he was really good, was his worst year of them all. He got more yards with 4,100, but only completed 67.3 percent of his his passes yep. over the last three years. To me, Derek Carr from 2017, or for it from 2014 2017 was eh. from 2018 to 29 2018 to 2020 he was kind of decent you know what right. i mean like not great game manager i would argue that his team has never been in a position to win we also know that john gruden has never really liked Derek carr yeah for whatever reason he hasn't and i don't think mayock has either right. from the moment they both got there so you know, honestly, when we start eliminating the free agent quarterbacks, I'm going to be honest with you. If they could make a trade for Derek Carr, yeah, I'm also at a point now. If they got to go free agent, I'm actually I'm looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The options aren't going to be all that much if we're looking at Derek Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Cam Newton again. I mean, Matt Stafford's obviously one of the people we thought might might have a chance, and he's off the table now. It's looking Jimmy G, maybe Carr, if he does become available. I mean, Watson's not coming. Dak's not coming. Rodgers isn't coming. You know what I mean? So it's down to, like, these three guys probably. I'm going to tell you right now, the the first move that the Patriots are going to make is quarterback. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, because that, to me, is that what's going to – Yeah. That's what's going to dictate Belichick's offseason. Right. Because if he can't get anybody but a Ryan Fitzpatrick – Yep. Be prepared for money spent on defense, right? And offensive line. I if if he can only get a Ryan Fitzpatrick, don't be surprised to see both Joe Tooney and David Andrews back. Right. I'm going to say that right now, and then a bunch of defensive players. And I think they'll try to win this year off a game managing quarterback, the run game, and a great offensive line. And maybe he brings in one of the lower tier wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, hey, the 49ers almost did it last year. That's what they did. They played defense and ran the football. They did, but they also had George Kittle. 
Yep. They also had uh, Samuel. You know what I mean? Yeah. They also had players who could actually play football. I, right? I want to see them do a blockbuster and bring over Darren Waller as well. No, that's not. They're not going to bring Darren Waller. <laughs> I know. Kidding? Oh, my but God. If, I know. If we're, gonna, if we're going to talk about future, though, we've done a lot of talk about Alabama Crimson Tide Mac Jones, Roll Tide. Yeah. Yes, we have. He was asked about uh, Peter Strager, who believes that Mac Jones is the perfect fit for the Patriots. Who also, Peter Schrager was also the one who predicted uh, the Patriots were going to draft uh, Jawan Williams. Yeah. Here's what Mac said. He said, Coach Belichick and Coach Saban are good friends. Hopefully, hopefully Saban has good things to say about me. Talked about the great chat he had with the Patriots scouts. I don't know, Connor. To me, that sounds like a kid who wants to be a New England Patriot. Yeah, I, I actually uh, heard that interview right before we came on, or at least some of it. And I also heard him say that he's very good friends with Damian Harris. Well, yeah, because they played together at Alabama. Right? Yeah, yeah, he said that he talks to Damian Harris regularly. Um, and then I think I also saw Damian Harris tweet about him saying he's a w- really good kid. So, I mean, it 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 sounds like th- at least those two are both interested in uh, him coming to New England. Well, and Damian Harris has had a lot of good things to say about Bill Belichick. Has he? Yeah, if you heard, if you listen to Damian Harris talk about the Patriots this season, yep. how Belichick handled the whole COVID situation, like everything, yep. I don't think there's a player more complimentary to Belichick than Damian Harris. That's interesting, man, especially yeah. after he barely got to play his rookie season. Uh, yeah, but I think that they just said, hey, man, get healthy. Yep. We're going to redshirt you. You're going to be a big part of the offense last year. And, even, and he was making these comments when he was on the RI. Right. IR, sorry. RI is a position in my company. IR. <laughs> Resource and information specialist, just in case yeah. people want to know. All right, nice. It's a little a little different than the injury reserved, but you So know. you know you know that Damian Harrison uh, Damian why do I keep calling him here? Damian Harris. Yeah, Damian Harris, yeah. Why do I keep wanting to say Harrison? Damian Harris because we're talking about Rodney. Yeah. But Damian Harris had nothing but glowing things. So I'm sure he's told Mac, you gotta get yourself to New England. Let's win a champ, you know. Right. Uh, we we I don't think they won a national championship together, so let's win uh let, let let's win a Super Bowl together. Uh guys, we need to take a really quick pause here, and then when we come back, we're gonna take some of your comments. But you gotta hear from our sponsors over at fcustom.com. Fcustom.com is your spot to find the best custom baseball, basketball, and football jerseys. Choose from hundreds of designs and colors and customize the jersey any way you want. Use the promo code RayRoute and save yourself 10% to get the best custom jerseys at fcustom.com. All right, Connor, what do we got? All righty. We got a couple donations I'll go to first. The first one's from Ross here. Shadenada. He's adding someone here. Um, it's Jay. Okay. At Jay says there would be zero opt-outs if Brady was still here. Thoughts? I disagree. Um, uh, I, I don't know what people decide, what makes people opt-out. I think a lot of it people, I know Hightower specifically said he had just had a newborn baby and didn't want to play during the pandemic and he didn't feel comfortable doing that. I think people all opted out for very different reasons and they were all personal reasons. I don't think it was because of Tom Brady. Personally, I don't even want to get into an argument or a debate about why people chose to make a decision in the middle of a global pandemic because Everybody's listen. When we shut down our office here, 
I was one of the people who electively kept going back to the office. I am somebody who would still be working in my office right now if they would let me. Where I have colleagues that are terrified to go back to the office when we ro- we, we reopen up. You know what I mean? I have, I, I go out. I don't go out and party, but like I go to the grocery store. I go to the corner store. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? I go to the gas me station, too. whatever. You're going to work. There are people I know who order their groceries. They don't leave. They haven't left the house in months. The, 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 the only fresh air that gets their front porch or their backyard or their balcony. So for me, it's everybody has dealt with this differently. I'm not going to get into a debate about what people would have done, whether Brady was there or not. Yep. Yep. And we'll move on from that, but I just want to show McChicken because I forgot about this. Very true. Marcus Cannon's cancer history and compromised immune system. Um, yeah, he had cancer. I completely forgot about that. You know what I mean? You, you can't blame the guy. Let's see. We have another donation here. I want to make sure we don't miss it. I'm going to bring that one up next. Uh, this one is from Lord Vash. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, guys, great show. What's your thoughts on Bill doing a super trade with Atlanta? Both Julio Jones and Matt Ryan are available, I've heard reported. <laughs> Can I go? Yeah, this one's all you, right? This one's all you. I have been. First of all, thank you so much for the donation, man. appreciate it. Oh, thank you too, Ross. I think I forgot to thank you, but thank yes, you. Lord sir. Um, dude, or ma'am, I assume dude, you're a lord. Um, dude. I have been on the Julio Jones, Matt Ryan bandwagon since when, Connor? November? Yes, I think I that mean, was November. I proposed, this, I proposed this crazy trade months ago, and I love it, man. I love it. I, I would give up a first and a second, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> in a bunch for those two guys. Because I think if you brought in Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, we're going to cost a fortune, by the way, but if you bring yeah. in Matt Jones or Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, You've got, you've got your marquee receiver. And I know it's contradictory me saying I'm not comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo and then taking an injury prone Julio Jones, but you've got your number one to build around. You've got Matt Ryan. First of all, if there's any, any concern about free agents, not wanting to come to new England, that's gone now. Right. And I'm not concerned about it, but it's gone. Number two, you got those guys with that run game. See, that's what would make Julio Jones even more dangerous. It's also why I'm a fan of Corey Davis and you're saying you don't need an Allen Robinson because when you have the threat of the run game and you have a guy like a Julio Jones, you can't put eight guys on the line of scrimmage, right? Suddenly Damian Harris and Sony Michelle are going to collectively run for 250 yards on you. So you start clogging the lines, Julio Jones going to burn you for 150. It's too difficult to figure out. If you go back to Super Bowl 53, and I know you're going to say, Ray, you're trying to give me an offensive comparison from Super Bowl 53, a game that finished 13-3. But think about the touchdown drive. Think about how that was accomplished. They pounded, pounded, pounded the football and then completed in the air with passes to Gronkowski and Edelman. Yep. You can't. Think about the Chiefs game, the AC Championship game. How many times did they run it on third down? Eventually, the Chiefs had to start buying like they had to start selling out for the run third and 10 they're running the football and picking up first downs the chief's defense had to start creeping up closer to the line suddenly he's unleashing edelman and gronkowski i would absolutely positively love julio jones and matt ryan to the patriots let's do it let's let's make it happen someone get someone get bill on the line i've already i've already told him 
You already snapped him, right? I I, I, I um you faced uh, you faced uh I face snapped my space them. them. <laughs> snap face. I snap face. Snap faced him. There we go. Yeah. Tia Thomas says I do two first for Carr if they are 22, 2022 and twenty twenty three. First, I would keep the fifteenth for a weapon like Pitts or linebacker Micah Parsons. What do you think? Is that what do you think they would ask for Carr? Do you think it would be two firsts? I think it's one first. Um, the same way I think that Matthew Stafford is one first. Yep. The second first round pick came in because of the contract that they had to pick up with Jared Goff. The only way that LA could bring in Matthew Stafford was to dump Goff's contract. That being said, I thought we could get Matthew Stafford for a first round pick. So yeah, me too. I don't really know. The Raiders though could be a team that you can package Stephon Gilmore with a pick. Right. That's one of those teams that I think you could package Stephon Gilmore to bring in a legitimate, like a, a legit number one undoubted. And they got an okay secondary, but just like a legit, legit cornerback. That could be a guy where you could package up some new some you know current picks some future picks and Gilmore to get Derek Carr I don't think I don't think it'd be a straight player trade I think and I think both teams would exchange picks it'd be one of those complicated like third round if they make the playoffs fourth round if they don't there'd be a bunch of those that that flipped around something like this Facio, I'm not giving up 15 for Carr give them Gilmore Chung Stidham a second and fourth draft defense with 15 draft Jamie Newman in the fourth just in case Carr gets injured so they're going after Deshaun Watson. That's why they're unloading Derek Carr. They're going to want nothing to do with Jared Stidham. I I know Jared Stidham's a throw-in. I feel like in every one of these hypothetical trades, it's every, always like throw in Stidham. Everybody's like, like 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 anybody's interested in Jared Stidham right now. That and and no, they're not going to be interested in Patrick Chung either. Stop trying to trade Patrick Chung. <laughs> Patrick Chung, I know. Patrick Chung, like I love Patrick, but he's old. Nobody's going to be interested in Patrick Chung. Like if Patrick Chung is worth like. The Patriots would have to send him in a seventh just to get him off the roster, you know? Um, so, yeah. All right, one more, Connor. All right, we got the Red Sox 040711. What's up, man? Sox are going to be legit, kid. Pick Jones or a DT at 15. I like that. Then trade a second and fourth or fifth for 24 through 26 thoughts. I honestly would not be opposed to that. If there's any time where they should go after two first round picks, it would be this year. I also, I'm not a, opposed to uh, them going after Jones. And at some point they need to draft a defensive tackle without a doubt. When we're talking Jones, I think he's saying Mac. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I'm, I'm assuming, page. I'm assuming if it's not, then sorry, yeah, yeah. but I'm assuming he's saying Mac Jones. All right. Yeah. First of all, I if they're going to get Mac Jones, I got a funny feeling they may have to trade up. Yeah. Into the top 10. Not even kidding you. Yeah, it seems like his his stock's gone up lately. It's rising. Yeah. Luckily, this is a very healthy quarterback draft, so he may drop down a little bit. A lot of it's going to depend on what teams like the Dolphins do. Are you giving up on Tua or are you investing into a quarterback again, right? And mm-hmm. trying to trade away Tua. Uh definitely I take Jones with the Patriots 15th. Uh, I would definitely take a defensive tackle and don't ask me who, cause I have no idea, but a good defensive tackle, you're right, but I'm not opposed to trading for the 24th and 26th. I don't think though that a second, a fourth and a fifth are going to get you the 24th and 26 or the 24th and 26th. You're going to have to give up 
to get to 24 26 you're probably gonna have to give up the 15th you know what i mean or you know to somebody maybe that's where like a uh, gilmore comes in like gilmore in a second or something i think you're gonna have to give up the 15th to somebody else for a bunch of other picks yeah and then take those picks and flip them for 24 25 26 or 24 26 uh, I'd rather just flip the 15th, get like a second round pick, a third round pick and, and, you know, something, you know, a, a, a bunch of those later rounds and, and fill out the defense again, though. I don't know what I want the Patriots to do with their picks until we see what they do in free agency. Yes. Right. Yes, very and true. one thing I saw today, which made so much sense to me is like the Patriots cannot, the Patriots cannot draft just based on positional need. Like if the guy there, if Mac Jones goes and there's nobody else they like, you can't draft Kyle Trask just because he's available. You can't draft a guy if you don't think he's going to be a good player. Yep. Two more, Connor. Two more. All right. This one, this one I'm just throwing up because I think it's funny. Yeah, it says Bill O'Brien is interested in Chung for a first. <laughs> 100%. Don't disagree. <laughs> Give me two more. Right, yep. I just wanted to put that one. I thought it was funny. Shout out to Ross here with the donation, man. I appreciate it. Boston Heartthrob. The fiance asks, what is it going to take to get minor leagues back? Should they be recruiting and when can we sign up? Keep the pinto for me. <laughs> I honestly don't know too much about what's going on with the minor leagues, man. I think that they have to come back soon or at some point. Uh, they got to get the farm system going, man. They they got to do something there. Um, but to be honest with you, I just haven't put much thought into it. And also, if uh, you know the Paw Sox or the Seed Dogs, hey, the Lowell Spinners, if any of them are looking for players, Ross and I are at the top of that list. I'm trying to find out if it's coming back or not. Right. I haven't thought about it too much until he brought that up. I'm, but they, they need to bring them back because as people get injured, they need the farm system. They call people up every year. They need the paw socks to be playing and even the sea dogs. I need you to keep talking. Yep. And even the Lowell Spinners who are down the street from me over here, not too far, including uh, Andrew Benatendi, who they, when I asked the Lowell Spinners to help them out, they never responded to me in that email. I, I can't find it. If You're not seeing any, anything? No. I know spring training's happening. Connor, it's the Woo Sox. Oh, yeah. I think they, they're being bought by uh, Worcester. I think I'm incorrect now. I think they're leaving Rhode Island for Worcester. They supposedly are. Okay. Anyways, as I'm saying, um, yeah, uh, MLB is cu- – no, I can't find anything. Everything I'm getting is from 2020. Um, listen, uh Spring training is coming back, though. That's huge. That is second, huge. I'm second, excited about that. Second straight year, though, I can't go to spring training, Connor. I know. That's disappointing. You you had two years in a row now, huh? Yeah. Couldn't go last year because borders yep. are closed, right? Couldn't right. go last year. Can't go this year. I still can't leave Canada. Um, I was on a streak of like seven years of spring training. Spring training's fun, man. I love spring training. I haven't I've been, gone since I was a kid, but it's fun. I've been to a bunch of different ballparks. I've been to the... I went the best ballpark to me is the one in Kissimmee, which is I believe it's the Astros Park. It's like this old ballpark, and they were playing the Nationals. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, I've had to watch like five split split squad games, and anytime you watch a split squad, it's like yeah, like Gio Gonzalez was the starting pitcher of of, of Houston. You got to see like some good players, but then like. Dude, I went and saw Atlanta and Toronto, 
back in the day uh, at Wild at ESPN's Wild World of Sports. So that's yep. Atlanta's home ballpark. And had no idea it was a split squad. I was so well. We went two games. We went to the first game. We got rained out in the second inning. So we went back because Atlanta just happened to be playing the Blue Jays again. And I just want people to know I go to Blue Jay spring training because I'm from Toronto. So I go. You know what I mean? Like so, every I'm with wants to see Toronto play, right? Um, so we go down. And I saw like Chipper Jones and, uh, that's actually where I caught the, I got my, the, the Blue Jay threw me the, the baseball cause I was wearing my, my Blue Jays jersey and they said the one that I showed you, right? Yeah. The yep. ball. Nice. But, uh, it's always a split squad. And then I went to Dunedin split squad, except the two Upton brothers were there once, but besides that, was, like, it's always a split squad, but at least when I was in Dunedin, I got to see like Batista and Melky Cabrera, like in all the, the starters at that point. That's the thing about spring training. It's fun, but you you never know who you're gonna see because it just it's basically it's the same thing as preseason. It's the same exact thing as football. They just throw out whoever in there half the time. First of all, any baseball fan has to go to spring training at least once. Here's what I'm gonna tell you: go at the end of March. Yeah, because end of March is when all the starters are getting their work and doing right. a lot of work in the game. And by the by the or by the end of March. Basically, all the minor leaguers have already switched over to the minor leagues, the minor league parks, and it's all the big leaguers that are up, right? So right. they won't play full games, but you get to watch them play a lot of baseball. Yeah, buddy. But yeah, I hope they'll be back. I'll tell you that much. I'm confident they'll be back soon. All righty, this one here is from Skip Bayless himself. Shout out to Skip for tuning into the show, man. I pr- I appreciate it. Uh, Skip says, if I'm in Belichick's shoes right now, I'm praying Tom doesn't win the Super Bowl this Sunday because going into next season, it's the greatest spotlight hot seat of my head coaching career. That sounds like um, a Skip. Bay- that sounds like a Skip Bayless thing to say. Yeah, um, yeah, it certainly does. I think that the hot seat will be in the media. I yes. don't believe the hot seat will be within the Patriots organization. Yeah, I, I think, think the spotlight more than the hot seat. Yeah, if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl today, or, or Sunday, I mean, um, Robert Kraft's not going to be sitting at home thinking, that's it, Bill has to bring me to the playoffs next year or he's fired. Bill yeah. Belichick, very much like Tom Brady, wrote his own ticket to leave New England whenever he liked. Bill Belichick has wrote his own ticket to leave New England whenever he likes. Uh, I don't I don't see any situation where he's fired. I could me see neither. Belichick if they, ha- if they suck next year and he knows there's got to be a free, uh, full rebuild. I could see him stepping away from coaching and maybe just being a GM yeah. or something like that or, or or retiring. But the hot seat will be in the media. The hot seat will be amongst the fan base. If the Patriots start off like one and three, Connor, the hot seat will be in our chat section. Oh, my uh, gosh. We'll have to turn back into the Patriots defenders. But yes, the, I think you're right. The spotlight, not the hot seat. Yeah, the spotlight, not the hot seat. And uh, we do have another donation from Ross. I just want to bring that up here. Thank you very much, sir. Guys, you buy any GameStop stock? I did not. Rated you. I was late. By the time, it was already like $1,000 by the time I learned about the story. Ross, if you have any good stock tips, let us know, though, man. I'm, all, you, I'm down. I'm trying to get rich out here. You got to understand, I spend my day either working for 12 hours at my other job or preparing yeah. for this show. So I miss out on a lot of things. I find out about things at 6 o'clock in the morning the next day. That's when I yes. start figuring things out. Yes, same same here, man. So if you have any of those uh, those get-rich-quick schemes, I'm all for them. Well, yeah, well, we're, you, don't tell people what we got going on. We, you got the call. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. It's, it's legit. You might have missed GameStop, but it's legit. It's All right, legit. Connor, get rid of that comment. We will come back and take a couple more comments before this finishes. But, ladies and gentlemen, it is time. Oh, you know 
what time it is. Do you know what time it is, Connor? I think I have a feeling. I think somebody's about to get uh, broken down on how they're going to do in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for... Player Profile with Connor Carney. Yeah, buddy. Connor, today you are breaking down a junior safety coming out of Oregon. He's six foot one, 201 pounds. 23rd ranked prospect. All right. According to CBS. Number one at his position. Ooh. Please tell us about, I'm going to say his name wrong, Javon Holland. Javon Holland. Um, do we know how fast he runs? No, I, I've given you all we know. All I know. You're the expert. Javon Holland, man, if he's going to be good, he's going to need to run fast. I'll tell you that because if he's slow, I think he's going to struggle in the NFL. If well, I'm going to have to wait and see what he does at the, at the 40 time to decide whether or not he's somebody I'd want the Patriots to draft. But based on that, man, we're going to, we're going to be able to tell whether he'd be successful in the NFL or not. What do you think is a great attribute he could bring to the NFL? Um, he's going to need speed, toughness, durability. I'm going to want to see him stay healthy and play 16 games in the season. If he gets injured and is frequently not on the field, I think that's going to be a big problem for whoever drafts him. Let me ask you a question before you go any further. Do you remember yes. what position he plays or is that why you're not giving any specifics of the position? I thought he's a, I thought he was a wide receiver. He's a safety. He's so, a safety. Can you please, I was way off. Can you talk about? I he's, I can, he's still going to need to play. He's still going to need to play sixteen games, though. I can tell by your answers you had no idea what position <laughs> he played. I've never um, even heard of him. What about like a strong safety? What like how could he excel at strong safety? Honestly, he's going to need to be able to cover people. He's going to need to be able to come up and help stop the run. Um, he's going to have to be able to play a QB spy at times. He's going to need to be very, very durable out there, and he's going to be able to. He's going to need to be flexible. And what would what 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 could hinder his NFL career? Not being able to cover the cover over the top, missing tackles. Um, you know, not being able to contain the quarterback. There, there are a lot of things. If he's unable to do those types of stuff, he's really not going to have that good of a career, to be honest with you. Now, since you thought he was a wide receiver. What could he do at six foot one, two hundred one pounds to convert to wide receiver for the Patriots? He's going to need to run uh, Rice King type speed. If he can run like a four three, I think he would be able to convert to receiver tomorrow. Uh, would catching the ball be a big deal at receiver? Yes, safety would still be a pretty big deal. But if he's not able to catch the football and he's just able to deflect a lot of passes, I still like his chances. But if he's going to convert to receiver, I'm really going to want to see him catch the football. Okay, great. How much? How many Oregon games did you watch this year? I don't think I've seen any. How much film have you watched on Oregon? Absolutely none. Considering you didn't know what position he was, have you ever heard of Javon Holland? Um, I have heard of the last name Holland before, but not him specifically. He's not Spider-Man. I think the Oregon are the Ducks, though. I do know that. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Player Profiler with Connor Carney. I could tell right away <laughs> that you didn't hear what I didn't position even know I said. 
and I could tell you had no idea what to say. You guessed that he was a wide receiver. And I here's did. the here's the best part, guys. I got to tell you this because you can't see this part. But when the title was on, like when the theme music was on, when the for those of you on the podcast, I'll explain it. Connor was in his seat doing this, the Just big getting stretch, getting ready, cracking the knuckles, all ready to give his breakdown. <laughs> and I could tell as you're giving this thing, I'm like, he has no idea what position Holland plays. I was just hoping that he stays healthy, man. Oh, dude. Okay, let's talk about, you know, you know what? We can save this. No, we won't. So let's talk about it really quickly. Um, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes were interviewed together yesterday, part of media night, which is really weird on via Zoom and all that kind of stuff. Touche. Uh, Tom Brady on Patrick Mahomes said that uh, Tom Brady expects that Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the Super Bowl a few more times. Do you agree or disagree with that? I agree completely. I think he'll at least make it a few more times, definitely. I wouldn't be surprised to see him make it a couple more times, especially over the next 10 years. A lot of respect between Brady and and, uh, and Mahomes if you listened to it last night. I think that the disrespect is between the fan bases. Yes. uh, But you can tell it's two guys that respect each other and what they do with their craft. Yes. All right, Connor, let's do a few more comments, and then we will call it a night here on the uh, podcast. I got one we got to get to from McChicken right out the gate here. Um, my grandfather used to own the Pittsfield Mets. I'm not familiar with who they are, but apparently McChicken's family also owned a baseball team. Pittsfield I th- if he's talking Mets. about Pittsfield, Massachusetts, um, yeah, then that's out there on the border of New York. I'm familiar with that area. So the Pittsfield Mets are a minor league team from Massachusetts. Uh, the Pittsfield Mets were a minor league baseball team in Pittsfield, Mass, and played their home games at <sighs> Wa... Wakona Park. Did I say that right? Wakona I, Park. I don't know. Well, McChicken the team, will definitely let you know if you didn't. The team previously played as the... Oh, oh what's going on now? Uh, the team previously played as the Little Falls Mets from Little Falls, New York, before an investment group organized by... Michael T. Casey located the team in Pittsfield. The team played in the New York Penn League and were affiliated with the New York Mets from 1989 to 2000. In 2001, the team became the Pittsfield Astros when they began their affiliation with the Houston Astros. After the 2001 season, the the club relocated to Troy, New York and became the Tri-City Valley Cats. Nice. Mike Tannenbaum and former general manager of the New York Jets was an intern for the Mets during the 1991 season. That has nothing to do with the what the hell we were just talking about. <laughs> Goddamn Wikipedia. Shout out McChicken's grandfather, though. I guess so. Interesting. Very interesting. Kid meets Brady's dad. His grandfather. Kid meets Brady's dad. I know. Seriously. Um, we got one here from C. Vang saying, sign Keelan Cole. Um I'm on board with signing Keelan Cole. I, he's not going to be a number one, obviously, but he would be a good depth piece. He'd be a good guy to get in the mix there with Edelman and um, Jacoby Myers, but that won't solve the problem with them at the number one position. Jaguars? Jaguars, yep. Just looking up his uh, his ranking here. Give you guys a little bit of it. He was ranked as the fourth worst the, they, they have four receivers ranked on Jacksonville. He was ranked as the fourth worst. 88th overall in the NFL. Had an offensive grade of 64.4. A run grade of 56.6. A receiving grade of 63.7. A passing block grade of 66.6. A run blocking grade of 66.8. 
That being said, only one New England Patriot was ranked ahead of him. Who Makes sense. That, who do you think that was? Jacoby Myers. Yes, Jacoby Myers was the 25th. He was in the top 25, 25th ranked uh, wide receiver in the league. Had an offensive ranking of 78.6, a receiving ranking of 80.1. Demir Bird is under Cole, ranked at 101, with a receiving grade of 63.3. And Nikhil Harry, uh, 115th overall, with 61.4. So he'd be right there in the mix, right? As a number three, number four guy, I'd take it. It just doesn't solve the problem at who they need to be the number one wide receiver. Correct. Yeah. Got an interesting one here from uh, Nozazua. I hope I'm saying that right. We can let James White leave because Brandon Bolden is coming back and can be a receiving back. No, he can't. Um, no, yeah, can. Brandon, Brandon Bolden's more of a special teams guy, more of a depth piece. Um, I think it's going to depend on what they do with uh, Rex he, Burkhead. And when he runs, he plays power back. Yeah, I I don't I don't see him doing that. <laughs> just I just saying. don't see him catching the football. Now nah, we got we got two more donations. I want to make sure I don't miss them. That's what I'm Jesus looking at over God. here. I'm just sitting there silently, like, is are we? Fr- I thought I was frozen. I was like, oh no, am I, I was frozen? Also, Mitchell's saying here it's the Pitfields Pitfield Sons now from McChicken over there. Pitfield Sons. <laughs> okay, you get the donations. I'll look up the Pitfield. Sons. Alrighty, got another one from Ross here. Thank you very much, sir. He says, fiance, give Kraft a massage to play for the Pats. <laughs> whatever it takes, man. If I get to play for if I get to play for the Patriots, whatever it takes. All right, we got another uh, one here. Yeah. Wait, hold on. You would give Kraft a massage to play for the Patriots? What type of is he gonna give me a Danny Amendola type contract? Oh my god. If you're playing for the Patriots, we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, I would not. Just so your fiance knows, Ross, I would not. <laughs> All right, shout out Lorenzo Sotelo here. He says, love the show, guys. Would you guys like Marvin Jones as a free agent signing? And hopefully we can sign Corey Davis or Kenny Galladay. Uh, yeah, it seems like the Patriots really want Marvin Jones, too, from what I've heard. I don't see him being a number one either. Some of these guys, man, I'm, I'm definitely on board with the Patriots signing, but they still need to get a Corey Davis, a Kenny Galladay, and Allen Robinson. So as long as they get somebody like that, yeah, absolutely. Oh. I have not been on the Marvin Jones Jr. train. 47th ranked on PFF. I think he's a guy. Danny Amendola ranked higher than him. We just ripped Amendola. Uh, Jacoby Myers, from a receiving grade, ranked five uh, spots ahead of him. That being said... Every single Detroit Lions wide receiver ranked higher than all every Patriots receiver except for Jacoby Myers who sits on top. Look, Marvin Jones would be a, a, a good piece. I don't think he's a number one. I think he's a number two. I think that if the Patriots could get him in a true number one and you could bump Jacoby Myers to be your number three, yep. and, and, and then you could even bring in an Edelman and make him right. your number three and Myers your number four, I think you're sitting in a good spot. And that kind of leaves Nikhil Harry as the odd man out. Yeah, yeah, or a number five, but then usually they they hold Matt Slater at that position as a wide receiver on the depth chart. So it it would be interesting to see what would happen with Nikhil Harry there. Well, here's the thing, and and this is where we can't go crazy with who they're going to sign because we know that Harry's not going anywhere. We know that. It's going to cost them more money to cut him than to keep him. 
Gunnar Oseski is a receiver. Yep. Matthew Slater oh, is a receiver. Bad. So you got two guys who are already on the receiving list as special team guys. Then you got Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, and Julian Edelman returns. That's five. Yeah. Right. Um, what's his name? Marquise Lee is returning this year. Yep. That's six. But the Patriots will probably go into camp with like 10 guys. I think, you know what, the whole cut Nikhil Harry thing, I don't think the Patriots are going to go into camp with intentions of cutting Nikhil Harry. But depending on what they do with the roster this season, they yep. could be put in a position where they have no choice. Right, that's what I'm Nikhil thinking. Harry. If he if he doesn't show out in camp and they have to, they're going to have to do what they have to do, even if it's not a good fiscal decision. But it's going to depend on what their cap is like. Because if they do right. get aggressive this year, they may not have the cap to do that. Because, look, here's the thing. The Patriots could go into to week one with like $10 million in cap space. And they're going to be like, look, they left $10 million on the table. What you have to remember for is the Patriots have to keep, an, if you offer a bonus. So say they, they sign Marvin Jones Jr. and give him signing bonuses that could accumulate another $2 million in bonus. They have to dedicate $2 million of money to those bonuses in case of cap space in case he, he reaches those bonuses right oh Two and more. just just to clarify here from from uh nose on the past comment about bolden being the pass catching back he said it was a joke rock on brother good joke because you got yeah. me you got me Speaking on the same thing, though, we have one here from Fasil. He says, we can let Bolden, White, Rexy go, draft a running back hack and catch in the sixth or seventh or whatever. Harris and Sony can catch. Um, I mean, yeah, potentially. They've done a pretty good job in the draft of finding somebody who can catch because I do think Harris and Sony are obviously both going to be on the roster. So I is probably only going to be maybe one more person there. I want them to bring Rexy back. Me too. Yep, me too. Can we pick somebody who's not a regular? Let's see who we can find here. We got Skip Bayless. He's not a regular, right? No, he's not. Here we go. New team and coaching staffs, new system, no OTAs, no preseason, new conference, tough division, first team, home Super Bowl, Tom Brady, no problem. <laughs> I love that this guy is like quoting Skip Bayless He's, coming out this, as Skip this Bayless. This might really be Skip Bayless. He might have decided to watch our show. I appreciate Skip tuning in, man. Whoever is controlling the Skip Bayless account right now, whether it be Skip Bayless or not, I want to I, – I have a great appreciation for people who are dedicated to the bit. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you voted for me for president of the United States. You wrote me in as president of the United States. Sh- gave me vid- or picture evidence that you voted for me as president of the United won. States. almost I did, yeah, I almost won mass, but I love people who are so dedicated to the bit that you took the one piece of power you had in your life and wasted it so I could get a vote for president of the United States. I give Skip Bayless here uh, all the credit in the world for staying true to the bit. He is. Heck, heck of a job. Two more. Let's do two more. All right. We got AZ here. Um, AZ says, no matter what happens this offseason – Connor will pick the Patriots to go thirteen and three and make it to the Super Bowl. You're not um, wrong. You're absolutely, not, you're absolutely not, wrong. not wrong. We are gonna have a discussion around June, and I'm gonna say, uh, you know, 
The Patriots floor is probably nine or 10 ceiling about 12 and Connor is going to say almost word for word what he said to me last year. Uh, I don't agree that their floor is nine. I think their floor is around 11. I could see this team winning 12, 13 games this season. <laughs> That's pretty much word for word. What's what it's going to uh, sound like. <laughs> I want you to say that in front of Tyson so he can spend 10 minutes just ripping you apart. <laughs> Well, we'll have to wait and see. My floor is going to be, you know, anywhere between 9 and 14 wins as of right now. I can tell you that much. Let's see if I can find a good one here. Let's finish it off with a bang, Connor. Remembering that this is a podcast as well, too, and the more dead air, the more people are listening to dead air. We'll just go to McChicken right here for all the people on the podcast here. He says, do the Patriots really need a true number one, though? What if they just stack up a bunch of number twos? Um, That's kind of my concern for what the Patriots might do is they might go out there and get two guys that are kind of like a a Curtis Samuel and like a Nelson Aguilar. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be terrible, but I feel like they already have Jacoby Myers. Uh, Julian Edelman might come back. Um, I think they are going to maybe have uh, Marquise Lee if he's able to make the team. I think they might sign another person who might be in the mix there. I really want to see them get a number one. It depends. Who was the Patriots' number one receiver for the last five years? Julian Edelman. Is he really a number one? I think so, yeah. I don't. No? I think Edelman's a true number two. Not a knocked Edelman. But they had a true number one in Gronkowski. So depending on what they do at the tight end position. So if they draft like a Kyle Pitts and that's their plan, I don't think they need a bunch of number one receivers because you kind of got your number one in your tight end. That's true. Right? Gronk has been the Patriots' number one receiver for the last five years as the most dominant tight end in the game, right? So it, it, it can really balance out. I don't disagree with McChicken's logic as long as they have that balance at tight end that there's a threat there as well. And that's it, Connor. We did the show. We did the show. You know what? I love that when we talk about receivers, my go-to is always like Corey Davis, and yours is always Nelson Aguilar. Then we always just throw Curtis Samuel (laughs) as the throwaway in there. Yes. Poor poor Curtis Samuel, man. I always throw Nelson Aguilar. I always throw Nelson Aguilar. I'm waiting for people. Oh, here we go. Shout out to Scared Connor 2024. I was waiting for the 2024s to start. But he just say Connor 2024? That's what I saw. You're not running for president. Maybe I might have to. You know what? Here's the best part about being the producer and the host and creator of this show. So thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. Unfortunately, Connor Carney will no longer be with us anymore. Um, if you want to go find him, he's got a channel that has about 30 subscribers. You can find it on YouTube somewhere, but um, he's probably only gonna have one more podcast and have nothing else to put on that channel so just see how easy that is that's true john john over here agrees (laughs) that's that's why we're going back to ray 2024 over here with a seal i feel like connor's a joke was a legit comment me too like i really feel like he thinks you're a joke that's i i I thought i was you've lost all credibility i've lost all credibility again second time this year I'm trying to fucking end the show. Would you stop putting comments up? All right. No more comments. We're done. Comment section <laughs> is closed. Uh, I'm glad that you put the negative one out, though, because usually you're finding all the ones are the pat on your backs. I, you I'm just see, I, just, I just see whatever says my name over there. So since he said Connor's a joke and not me, he must like me. 
I guess so. I'm okay with that. My ego, my ego needs that boost right now. That's what we need. All right, Shout guys. Thanks. John. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, guys, for tuning in to the Dear Pat Station podcast. Of course, we won't have Sarah all week. Uh, she's dealing with some family stuff. She will be back next week. Make sure you tune in tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern time, live here on YouTube. If you can't make it, make sure you download the podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available. Connor didn't remind me what I had to do. We're not signing off yet. I have an announcement. Yes, let's go. Thanks for the reminder, Connor. I completely forgot. I know you did. I just want to give you guys a little bit. We've gotten a lot of questions about what happened with us in Sportscaster. And uh, I had a meeting today with the big boss of Sportscaster. Well, not the big boss. The big boss is my, I had, it's the big boss's underling. I had a meeting with my boss today. Uh, Sportscaster, of course, was a, is a startup that was, it's owned by some people, some big money. Uh, They have investors, uh, you know, Richard Sherman, Sherman's an investor, NFLPA is an investor. Uh, the one thing about Sportscaster is away from what we do and the platform they provide, they have really cool technology that I don't understand. Um, they have seen opportunities now to be the back end for big companies. Uh, as a startup, they had to shift priorities. And I was really worried when we had to make our announcement because we weren't really allowed to talk about what was happening with Sportscaster. And... And because of that, it just looked like we got fired. It wasn't. We're leaving very amicably. Uh, we had a discussion today about, you know, if any opportunities come up for Connor and I to get back on there and do some stuff with them, they'll, you know, we'll definitely be in that. Stop tapping, please. We'll definitely be in that uh, in that boat with them. Um, they're they're partnered up with FanDuel now, and and they're doing a lot of back end stuff, and they got some other stuff I, I'm not allowed to talk about that's on the back end. So, sportscasters just shifting their priorities and shifting things, so they're not they're not being the platform that we were brought on to give you guys. Sportscasters' dream was to become the biggest sports streaming you know platform in the world. I legit got a message yesterday saying I wish we could have got you rivaling you know with ESPN, which uh, I have no right to be in that conversation. Um, I appreciated the sediment, but I have no right to. Well, I don't know ESPN, maybe nobody else though. But um, you know, so Sportscasters changing direction. So I, we finally got the okay, the green light to go today. Um, we have our end date for Sportscaster. Our final day on Sportscaster will be February 25th. So we know that there is still a big part of the fan base that, and and viewership, I shouldn't call it fan base, but viewership that watches us on Sportscaster live every night. I see the numbers. We appreciate y'all. Connor and I, Dear Pats Nation's last day will be on February 25th. We will sign off a Sportscaster for the last time. But you can find us over on YouTube. Uh, our YouTube channel is just Dear Pats Nation. Um, the podcast has already changed. If you try to find DPN commentary, there I think the last episode was a few weeks ago. You got to look up Dear Pats Nation. Our, our, we've completely had to rebrand. Um, I think, you know, thank you to Sportscaster for everything you guys have done. And I, I said to them today, you know, we're always there for you. And um, I know that with the shutdown, they're a little behind on things. And I said, you know, Connor and I would go into March if you wanted us to for, for free. We would just, you know, because you've been so good to us. Um, Connor, I still can't believe that people paid us good money to talk about sports. Uh, it's it's very still, good. Very still good boy, man. It, it blows my mind more than the donations we get blow my mind. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't think we deserve those. And I don't. I, there's a lot of times I don't believe that we deserve the platform in the audience that we have. Uh, because we're just a couple of... You know, goofy guys that like to talk about football and 
Uh, we're not smart. We're not media guys. We're we're not insiders. We both had car. Connor, Connor sells cars, and yep. and I'm a social worker, and and Ford we just Pintos. yeah, four pintos. We're just fans who like to do stuff. We appreciate all of you, 100%. Um, but but I mean, I cannot thank Sportscaster enough for sort of you know booming my career out, and because of Sportscaster, because of Sportscaster, I met Connor um and and we did a show together because of connor i met ben i got to go on weei not as a caller but as an actual guest on the radio um you know a lot of big exciting things have happened to me because of sportscaster and um i can't thank them enough and again i know a lot of you here on youtube there was a good chunk of you that followed me over to sportscaster that have now come back to youtube because i i you know you listen every day and you know that we're back on sportscaster i appreciate everybody new who comes in i appreciate people who are here to see me and connor i appreciate the people that sarah has brought on to, and you're here only to see sarah um but i gotta say too i gotta say a big thank you to the ogs of the Deer Pats Nation channel, and you know who you are. I'm not going to list the names. You guys know who you are. The guys who were, when I was doing live stream, Connor, and my concurrent views were 15 people at a time, and it was, you know, Beast Mode, McChicken Vlog, uh, yeah. Hello Moto, and a couple other people that were consistently on here. Jen, um, that kind of thing. I appreciate you all. Connor, I got to end this now. Tell me about those Red Sox. They're going to be legit, kid. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.